Episode 279 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my solipsitic co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. This week, we're coming at you with a low-key edition of the cast, sponsored by Gun Beer. We've had beer guns now. Now we should have a, a gun beer. It tastes like gun. <laughs> Take a shot with a beer. Gun beer. I feel like I've the beer. tasted that before. I feel like I've tasted a beer that tastes like a gun. It's very metally. Mm-hmm. Steel Reserve? That's Pat's Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Tastes like metal shavings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe a little uh, cross-contamination. A good PBR fresh off the lathe. Mm, delicious. Nothing like filling up your mug at Alex's for $3. Uh, I like to imagine that well, coming off like the a draft, PBR can fine, is just turned down from a from a steel ingot, and all the motor oil that comes off during the turning process is just funneled back into the can. Well, little known fact, f- f- the way PBR makes their beer so cheap is they actually collect used oil filters, and they just trim off the top of those and just slap on the top of a, a pop can. And My... Then- my my impression was that you know how people when they recycle their beer cans, there's a little bit of beer left in the bottom. They recycle the whole thing, so they get both the beer and the can made from 100% recycled material. Yeah. PBR people beer recycling. It, it's in the name. We've been getting it wrong this entire time. We thought it was PBR, but really it stood for something. Man, <laughs> what a. What a day. We all yeah, learned something. who the fuck was Pabst in his blue ribbon anyway? Like, what the <laughs> fuck does it even mean? Yeah, no, it's just PBR. Anyways, as always, namaste. We're coming at you from Jake's yoga studio. We're going to try some new poses today. If you can't get it, it's okay. Just do what you can. Work at your own speed. There's no judgment here, my guy. We're going to start in Warrior One. Why would you start in Warrior One? Because we that go fucking ham. It doesn't stretch anything. Oh, Warrior. <laughs> start with the well, stretches. Just wait for Warrior Two, okay? <laughs> That's when we stretch. Warrior One is get ready. We're gonna stretch. Except for you, Margie. You stay in child's pose the whole time. Don't even look at me. <laughs> Margie, she tries her best. Got a real, yeah, real and she stole my casserole <laughs> recipe. Okay, she, she came she up did. to the Christmas party and she t- she brought that broccoli ham block like she was hot shit. But we all knew who made that first it was me. <laughs> you were asked to bring a dessert, Marjorie. Very oddly specific to be a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Usually you don't you're know not my that life specific in your business. As many twists and turns. <laughs> you're correct. I don't know your life. But you That's could. by design. If I, you fe- stuck I feel me like in I need tub. to keep it at an arm's length so I'm not implicated in anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you could, you could know my life if you stuck me in a little tub and put my brain on a TV. In fact, you could make a whole movie out of it. 
you could really stretch that idea and really try a little too hard to make a movie. They really thought they did something here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I, I like I knew I knew Wolverine was going to like do a crossover into like the DC universe and that's why it's on HBO Max, mm-hmm. but like I didn't think it was going to be like this. And then he dies at the end. It's like, what? They pressed the Hugh Jackman button. They really, they really out here pressing the Hugh Jackman button. So it had a lot of ideas. Uh, some were even original. Um, but when it came to trying to blend them together into a cohesive story, uh, they they stumbled a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean it was complete failure <laughs> yeah Just, I, I also feel like this movie was this movie really that marketed like i didn't see no. this that like anywhere to be honest it kind of just or, we did, came out we did the trailer for it i think yeah yep. like other than a youtube trailer <laughs> that, that they have to do like i know yep. like there's there's reminiscent which is like bottom of the marketing tier they really didn't care and then there's uh, what's that Prime Video with Crispy Rat? Um, the Tomorrow War. What? Okay. With Crispy Rat. Okay. Uh, there's that which second. literally went above and beyond what it needed to do for uh for marketing. Like they made mm-hmm. real life props and like drove them around the streets. Yeah, they went a little too hard on that, <laughs> so you could watch the kid. Tell us about the volcanoes. <laughs> I hear that was a real kid. He's <laughs> <laughs> a real kid for that scene. That's how big they went into marketing, and he like I don't know. I feel like <laughs> real kids. There's a whole legal can of worms you have to open up with that child labor laws and whatnot. <laughs> all, all the children were CG, so they didn't have to deal with like child labor laws. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a much better improvement from the days of. You know, it's one of the practical effects that I'm glad are are gone. You know, like um, American Sniper and the the baby in that. You know, it just it looks dated now. The fake baby. <laughs> yeah, like nobody's watching uh, um, Twilight, uh, New Moon, or Breaking Dawn. Right. Maybe Breaking Dawn. Why? Why are you asking? Did they have, me? Wait, did they and, have a CGI baby in that one? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Breaking Dawn Part One. Where? All right. Yeah, no, because New Moon is like when they're gonna get married, and then Breaking Dawn is when they do, I think, and then she has a baby. No Twilight spoilers, by the way. What? What is? What is this? Oh no! Her name, her, one, her name oh. is dumb, but her oh, no. the CG is nightmare fuel. Put it in the oh. Discord because we have we can we can change the scene. Yes. Yeah, because it was gonna be a doll originally. Happening here. (laughs) It was gonna be a doll. Yes, that's a doll. (laughs) It's just the chin was deleted. (laughs) That was the doll they used, and then they changed it for CG or something like that. I think. Oh my god! That's that's uh. I can't, I can't the smushed face. That's certainly something. <laughs> they, just, they, they hit the, the cat hit the mouse button and moved the character slider. 
<laughs> oh my god. The fucking doll is straight out of... Which one is the doll and which it. one was CG? I guess I have to see which... Well, they have a picture of the just the, the doll, the, and it looks like it's going to fucking come to ass. life and kill me at, in the middle of the night. Is the uh, yeah. is the doll the one that's got the longer hair? I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah. that looks more like a doll. I think I've seen the, the CG one moving, and it just uh, makes I, my fucking skin crawl. I don't know why they decided to give the little baby doll uh, Botox lips. You decide the pressure yes, to look good in society and the pressure to look good yeah. in vampires. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Annabelle ain't got shit on this. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Chucky, Chucky Esme, because her name is Renesme or some shit like that. Ch- Chuck Esme. <laughs> Jesus. I don't like it. That was yeah, a movie I don't people. like it at all. That was a movie people waited like. Till midnight to see some top grade nightmare fuel. Remember when midnight releases actually, you know, happened at midnight and not at seven p.m. the day before. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they rolled around to doing that again. Now it just, you know, when the date ticks over, the server updates. Well, I'm wondering what Disney it's going to be like. Your movie oh, now. Gotta wait on Wednesday night, Wednesday at midnight, for Thursday at twelve when it is released yeah. in the theaters. That's a lot less impactful when the line is consists of you in front of your computer. Speaking of uh, CG abominations, as we transition to Trey Watch, our weekly uh, trailer roundup and review segment, uh, Survive the Game. I'm not convinced that Bruce Willis is actually in this. No. <laughs> I, I think it's that's a CG deepfake. <laughs> He's finally, um, he, as as one comment stated, he's, he has finally reached uh, Steven Seagal levels of uh, disinterested. I heard some of his, um, I heard somebody talking about his last movie that came out, and it was like laughable how bad it was. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. It was the but one can that you was call in any space. of the movies his anymore? I feel like. Be- well, see, he, he's in so difference. many because he only shows up for one, like two days of filming. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he was even on set ever. Like, he looks CG'd in to every scene that he's in. Like, they his just, mouth doesn't fucking move right. They're like, Bruce, can you just do all of your Zoom calls in front of the green screen? We'll just have the wizards just kind of mix and match and put them in. Uh, which also brings me to my next point. This is one of the few movies that I just think is drunk. Like... Not the people in a drunk, not that the director's drunk, just the movie itself uh, had a two on too many shots of tequila because I look at this and I, I watched the whole thing and I still have no idea what happened, except at the end when it was all stand your ground. It just started spouting Second Amendment. I mean, there are there are cops and uh, mm-hmm. some of them are corrupt and there's a girl that they want for some reason. And uh, Bruce Willis is in this movie via Zoom call. Yeah, yeah See, I, I disagree um, with the assessment that this is like the Steve Seagal era, or at least uh, that Steve Seagal era being like he doesn't care. Steve Seagal cares deeply about his films because he's the one who makes them. I think like Bruce- he's the writer director. Probably editor too. He probably Tommy Wiseau's that shit. 
I think Bruce um, Willis really owes somebody money. Like, he messed up somewhere. I, I think he can't get back into his house. Like, he left the keys in inside when he went to film the first I think thing at Lionsgate. He's he's such just, a, he just uh, sleeps on the Lionsgate lot now. <laughs> they just wake up and be like, hey, Bruce. Uh, I uh, think these uh, might uh, be the only roles he can get because he's such a right-wing nut job in Hollywood. Hey, Bruce, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna drape this green screen behind you and just read this. Yeah? We'll give you a paycheck? Oh, okay, good. Great. <laughs> well, it's the yeah, same thing Bruce. with Nic- Nicolas Cage. You know, he spends all his money, so he will do anything because he needs to work constantly to mm-hmm. support his lavish lifestyle. I was I was recently in a situation where I was I was listening to Howard Stern and he was talking about he was interviewing Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen uh, was telling it. He was telling a story about how when they were making the Green Hornet, Nick Cage wanted to come in and play the villain and he wanted to be a white uh, Bahamas, a white Jamaican guy. And that was his character. Like Chet Hanks. Yeah, and he wanted to shave off his hair and then tattoo the hair onto his bald head. Um, <laughs> they, they did not like it for the part, but he called back later and he said, don't don't anyone use that idea because I might be doing that in real life. <laughs> I I'm still stuck on the fact that you found yourself in a situation like you were. Trapped. Yeah, the grave way in which you you started that sentence had me concerned. Like, and then you said I was listening to Howard Stern. I was like, oh, okay. It's not like he had cancer or anything like that. And then I was like, oh, no, he's listening to Howard Stern. That might be worse. Somebody somebody held a gun to your head, right? It was and not said, a natural occurrence. Listen to this clip of Howard Stern. <laughs> you will find it entertaining. He's the Howard Stern, you know. Howard Stern. Yeah. Um... But that's the third hand story about Nicolas Cage. So when you hear this, you need to tell the story to your friends about how the Saturn studs heard Howard Stern talking to Seth Rogen, uh, telling a story about Nicolas Cage. Keep that, chain, keep that going. chain going. Keep that. Keep it going. Share, like, share, comment, subscribe, own, rent to own, uh, lease to rent to own, um, monthly installments. <laughs> If you email us, Aaron's furniture. If you email us, we'll actually send you uh, what to say uh, for this Ooh. anecdote that you have at your social gatherings. You know, now that maybe you yeah. and some of your vaccinated friends or friends who are taking ivermectin, uh, you know, you can just gather together socially. And when there was a lull in the conversation, you know, just break out your Nick Cage fact, mm-hmm. your yeah, fifth hand well, Nick Cage fact. And say you gotta say I heard from this podcast, which heard from a radio show with Seth Rogen, who heard from Nick Cage. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's all gonna be this crazy thing. It's the circle of life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. We'll we'll be able to send it to you in discreet packaging that you can hide, for example, uh, on the roof of your mouth, uh, the inside of your eyelid. Um, for for easy viewing, this I would say maybe not so much the mouth. I uh, not all of us can see inside the inside of our mouth. I can, uh, but not everyone uh, has those same abilities. Uh, 
This will be that telephone game where, like, we'll see how long it takes to spread. Like the that you eat you eat so many spiders every every month or whatever. Cause this becomes all... a chain email. Send this to five friends or, or bald Nick Cage. Instead of come over there and baby. shave your head. <laughs> I mean, the or outside the is you do will, get to meet. The moon will attack. Because Roland Emmerich's back, ladies and gentlemen, in our next trailer. Oh, Roland my God. Emmerich. This is like the so, eighth time they've made this fucking movie in the last five years. First it was Life, and then it was... Yeah. A, or no. First it was Apollo 17 or 18, whichever one. This is um, This is a completely original idea. Now... It's dumb, but it's original, and I really hope the moon crashes into Earth. I think that's it's, what this yeah. problem. This is a teaser trailer. Wasn't so this that is the moon fall? This is a teaser. So we got a minute forty six. <laughs> where the moon falls. Where the moon falls into Earth, and somehow there's also aliens. Maybe I'm pretty sure there was like a Superman movie plot. <laughs> that was happening. Yeah, that was the one with um, hmm. Kevin Spacey, Luther, right? I I think so. No, Kevin Spacey yeah. was where he was. No, wasn't he trying to grow kryptonite? Yeah, like he had like weird, like you know, uh, growy foam dinosaur kryptonite rocks, right? Where you threw him in water, and it it man the magic before it your eyes it turns foam. into an island. Yeah. yeah, or some shit. And then it was a giant chunk of like kryptonite but still somehow superman was able to pick it up and fly it into the i'm gonna be honest with you i fell asleep like 40 (laughs) minutes into superman returns and never watched it again it's okay yeah that's a good one to skip yeah that's wrong um yeah moonfall it's um i don't know it's dumb it looks like it's got good production value I don't know. Oh, sure. Roland Emmerich can... He can just slap... He, he makes things so big scale that no one actually... You don't have to have any detail. You just have so much shit go... You just throw a bunch of CGI onto the screen. Just keep... Just keep adding it on. The more people getting sucked up into the whatever... Sure. You know, there's continents flying everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. There's aliens. Ten- tentacles. Yeah. And, and you know what? You know what the world needs now that, you know... Half of love, the U.S. is love. underwater. There's a pandemic still going on. Fires in California and earthquakes just gangbanging Haiti because why not? Um, it's just more apocalyptic movies to scare the mm-hmm. shit out of people. <laughs> well, you see, the problem with this is, is we're already living in an apocalypse far more terrifying than anything that these movie directors can come up with so i see moonfall i'm like sure bring that shit on can't possibly make things any worse well the thing with the thing that's nice about moonfall is it appears to be a quick death you know moon crashing into planet you assume we're all gonna die pretty fucking quick oh yeah we'd all suffocate from the debris yeah it'd be winter for the rest of time yeah we get one day and then we're done whatever we have to live every day in this hellscape Sounds and it's just getting worse. We got people yeah. fucking taking horse dewormer. Yeah. Got Taco Joe Bell Rogan getting with, COVID. Yep. Taco Bell came out with a new chicken sandwich, and I tried it, and it was just, it was a single chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Stop, Trey Watch. Give us your review. Okay. I heard about this. Yeah, the, 
the Taco Bell soft chicken taco. Uh, again, it is literally a one inch long chicken tender on on like a hot dog bun with Chipotle sauce on it, and it's a dollar. Oh, oh well, t- tell me more. <laughs> well, it was like when they did their you fucking can, if you want, beef taco. You can add ten cents and get a single jalapeno in there. <laughs> their pe- I mean, this is the same thing with their hey Theo, with their beef taco. <laughs> That was just a fucking <laughs> hamburger patty yeah. on a soft taco shell. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if people think, like, that a company will just, like, go all out and, and make a new product. But, like, do Ar- like uh, who is it? Wendy's or Arby's? or I think it's Wendy's. Wendy's chili is just, like, old hamburger patties left, chopped yeah. up and put into a, a chili sauce. Well, it's that's like, just smart use special. of your resources. Yeah, so they're mm-hmm. gonna like reuse what they already have to make something new, but it's just gonna be the same old shit with a different branding on it. But chicken is something I usually don't get, at least fried chicken. I don't get it like Taco Bell. So it's interesting. Maybe I'll get ten later. Yeah. You know, try them out. <laughs> <laughs> if they're only a dollar, I think I'd be losing money if I don't. The the. Uh... <laughs> Moonfall. The Chick King is uh, a new, newer fast food product that was actually done well. I can't eat it anymore because my doctor's like, you need to cut down on the carbs. And so mm-hmm. I have to say goodbye to things like that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to quit drinking. And we all know that's not happening. <laughs> that's crazy talk about. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, um, so yeah, Moonfall no, is also- a minute forty six teaser. When when are teasers getting like full length trailers now? We had a three minute teaser for Spider Man No Way Home last. Oh, week. was that considered a teaser? Yes. They gave so much information. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like like Moonfall technically did they had a, a lot the teasers. Like they tease a lot of the mm-hmm. visuals and events taking place and like. They didn't really reveal names or like a plot or like what they're trying to accomplish uh, in the movie. They put the plot in the fucking title. Moonfall. Moonfalls. <laughs> no, I think there's something weird with aliens because there's little nanobot aliens or something. So maybe it's going to be like the moon is really a spaceship and they've been playing been... 40 chess the entire time. Maybe Which the moon has been hijacked was it? by Skull Kid and will crash into the earth in three days. Unless you maybe the, the moon is fucking Unicron. Which Transformers was that? I that was uh, the, the movie. Uh, that yeah, was Transformers yeah, the one? movie. And if if oh, there was, was a night. scene where the astronauts push the moon back into space, as you got the touch plays, uh, I would not. It would not the be astronauts? out of Roland Emmerich's wheelhouse. The oh Unicron was also Earth or something like that. No, he was just a he was just a big old planet size. No, I know, was, but in this yeah, one, I know what Unicron was. But there was a movie. I think one of the live action Transformers movies had, had a subplot where the moon was Unicron. Oh, was it? No, Dark of the Moon. No, the moon was where like the last Prime was or something. Uh, Sentinel Prime. Mm-hmm. That's where he was. Yeah. He was on the moon. That was Dark Side of the Moon or something like that. Yeah, dark, dark of the moon, and then the they moon. boom, and then they boom tube like Cybertron into low Earth orbit, yes. the yeah. whole planet, <laughs> right, and then, just right next to Earth. 
and then they totally defied all portal physics and just cut off the portal, but had Cybertron go back with it too. Not chopping Cybertron, a sliver of okay, Cybertron. Okay, so I off. guess I guess in the last night. Yes, last night. Um, oh, in last night. He, yes, he's was, pictured he's pictured as being deep inside the Earth's core as like a a, a post credits teaser. I don't like it. Yeah, that it's tiny, really shitty. little tiny baby Unicron. Yeah, it's sucky. It's but a it really does bad say Unicron is a planet-sized Cybertronian god of chaos. He's the twin brother and ancient enemy of Primus and Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Transformers: The Last Night is mentioned by Quintessa, the Prime of Life, who plans to kill him by draining all, all li- draining the life of him with the staff, forcing mm-hmm. the staff, I guess, forcing him to awaken. During the trailer of the movie, as seen by scientists. Very deep inside the Earth core. He's also, Man. Okay, he is also planet so Earth. Cool stupid. <laughs> yeah, he is planet. You're Earth. right. He, he is planet Earth. Because like, if he's supposed to be a planet-sized transformer, that'd be like Earth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like a big ass fucking robot coming out of Earth will kind of disrupt Earth. I I don't know how they're gonna. I want to see the conclusion of that story just. Because I want a completion, I'm I'm like I'm half torqued, and I'm like just locked and ready to go. But I'm getting blue balls over here with with the Transformers movies. I'm getting the bluish hue because I love Unicron. He's, he's the sun dancing story. off him just nice. What was that fucking Transformers cartoon where like Megatron had like a dragon robot form? I don't. Uh, I'm like not up fir- on all my the first edition of Ultra Magnus. All I remember is the one where they all had like weird keys that powered them up, and they had to go to the different planets. And there was like a speed planet and a dino planet and two other planets. And there was the guy that was like he could switch sides. Like that was his cool feature was that. His Decepticon logo could turn into an Autobot logo, and he was like, I'm Shifty Man. <laughs> God, I hope that is his fucking... Was it Robots in Disguise? Robots in Disguise. Animated series. Irish one Ultra Magnus. Far Convoy. Yeah, because I think of the original, like... Um, Megatron was like working for Ultron, and then there was a whole movie with Ultron. Ult- and I don't think Megatron Ultron. ever worked for Ultron. <laughs> huh? Megatron was working for him at some point. Um, the Marvel Comics film Ultron. No, no, Megatron was working for. Yeah. what did I say? Ultron. You, you said he, he was Ultron? working for Ultron. Yeah, uh, I got I got more wrong on brain, I guess. Uh, or Unicron. Unicron Ultron. It's got the U and the I. We all worked for Unicron. At one point in time. I'm just missing the turn. You on. Turn you on. Speaking of turns, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson turned from Jungle Cruise to cop that. Fed. Hot Netflix trash. They literally put this into into like just an online movie calculator and said, what will sell? Uh, and they're mm-hmm. like, who's hot right now? We got Dwayne coming off Jungle Cruise. Mm, hot. Too hot to touch. We got Gal Gadot 
Israeli Princess, star of Wonder Woman 2. Oh, delicious. And then we got Stocks Ryan, never been higher. And we got Ryan fucking Reynolds. We all want the Deadpool free guy. 3. We're not going to get that yet. But you got Free Guy, so he's hot from that. Honestly, like, Ryan Reynolds has played the same fucking Deadpool-esque character in so many consecutive movies that Deadpool 3 is really going to feel more like Deadpool 9 by the yeah. time it comes out. It's, it's all Deadpool, really. It, I mean, honestly, I hope Ryan, we need you to play yourself again. Point. <laughs> as much as I will not watch this movie, Red Notice, um, I do appreciate on some level like, the honesty and unaba- unapologeticness of it, um, where I at least know very clearly, and the movie knows too, uh, if I tune in, what I will be getting. Um, and I appreciate it's it's almost truth in advertising, which, uh, which is an admirable goal. Mm-hmm. So you know that you will be getting uh, Carmen's Lame Diego. <laughs> I thought this was Carmen. <laughs> I knew the title, so like I knew it wasn't Carmen San Diego, but I was waiting for like the title the credits to come up the like fucking have acapella you ever wondered coming? where in the world in the world is carmen, carmen san diego like i was waiting for that to happen because i was like i gal gadot was carmen san diego not the right ethnicity i don't think but let's go with it full send don't care so, yeah i mean certainly lo- looks the part sort of um but God, I just I don't I don't get her appeal. I just just don't. She's hot. She's Israeli. I don't uh, really think she's that hot though. Like, there's nothing like wrong with how she looks. Uh, she's not ugly. I think she appeals to a lot of people. Like, I mean, obviously she does because she keeps getting fucking movie roles and she mm-hmm. can't act worth a shit. So there's got to be something driving that decision. I just think they all want to be on set with The Rock. They're just like, <laughs> I just want to do a movie with The Rock. With Johnson. With with DJ. Maybe maybe they also look through like which ones, which actors and actresses have not had a movie with The Rock. And they were like, hey, it's your time. He wants to. He wants to be with you. Okay. False. Are we forgetting Hobbs and Shaw, where Ryan Reynolds was the agent informant dude? Oh, I guess I am. Yeah, I totally forgot he was in that shit. Okay. Well, I think this is Gal Gadot's first time with The Rock. Future project with Black and Wonder Woman in it. I'm sure is a thing. Oh no. Yeah, this is set up. This is all set up for uh, not only the DC crossover with Marvel. World War Three. It's, it's the Wonder Woman Black Adam crossover. This is actually Black Adam's origin story. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell by how ancient Egypt it is, or, or I, Kondak. Also, this plot is just paper thin. It's like, okay, what Ryan plot? Reynolds tries to steal something. The Rock, he's a cop, <coughs> tries to stop him. And oh, he says trained. he's a cop. I'm like a hundred percent sure he's also a thief. Probably, and yeah. that's going to be the big twist at the end. I like the shot where they show the literal MacGuffin, 
Like it's mm-hmm. just it's it's not even like it's it's a Fabergé egg. And Fabergé egg is the closest shortcut. It's the laziest item for valuable thing that can get stolen. It's not the Fabergé egg is in the MacGuffin. It's what's inside it. And at the end, they're going to break it apart to put into the 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 trap or something and unlock the the secret to life or some shit. <laughs> or it'll just have a yolk inside. It'll make a really tasty omelet. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a T Rex egg. And you gotta sprinkle mm-hmm. it with diamonds, make your duty duty twinkle. Okay, so the, the, the cartoon I'm fairly sure I was remembering is literally just called Transformers Robots in Disguise. It started in two thousand and aired on Fox okay. Kids. That seems about right. By Saban Entertainment, really? Ropens in disguise. That might be the one that I watched. Did that have Hot Rod in it? As like the... I don't think so. So, um... Hot Rod was in... Transformers the movie. He was like... Oh, I mean, Hot Rod might have been in it, but he was not like as important a character as he was in Transformers the movie, which I watched after this. And so I was like, why the fuck is Hot... Hot Rod ain't hot shit. Why the fuck he Mm -hmm. in the... The fucking main plot fusing with Optimus it's our Prime. Our new character, Hot Rod. And now we have Hot Shit. Oh, is this where Bumblebee like got really popular? I don't remember Bumblebee. All I remember because Bumblebee is in Optimus Prime had a brother named Ultra Magnus, and they fused together to make a bigger Transformer, and then. Megatron had multiple fucking transformations. One was a jet. Swear, hand to God, one was a dragon. <laughs> and then he had his regular robot form. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I. I wonder two, if this is on streaming. The 2015 series anywhere. was also called Transformers: Robots in Disguise. That's yeah, the one I think this, I saw. This is this is definitely it. Or no. I'm unlocking some deep memories, guys. Yeah, like this is Yeah, it aired on Fox Kids in the US from 2000 2002. This is 100% it. 100% what I was thinking of. I wonder if it's on uh streaming anywhere. Disney owns the rights to it, so maybe it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'm going to look that up. Um, so the one that I really liked, I, I guess, the one that I was more inclined to, was the Transformers uh, animated. Is this what it was? Uh, more than meets the eye. Is that the name of the show? Possibly, if they had Transformers robots in disguise, I'm was, sure was that, that the next series was more than meets the. That's just how these uh, things go. It was whichever one was like popular with hot rod and there were the kids that were helping them and there was some fucking rainbow bridge that teleported them to like some space station or shit i don't know what yeah dude those are these are some solid memories well, that there, I was, have. there was transformers like, energon which had like the, oh, the cg was that was like in like oh three oh four i think Maybe it was that was Energon. the first time I remember Unicron being a thing because he was like the the big anime villain arc 
where the the Autobots and Decepticons have to team up a little it, bit to fight Unicron? It's Energon. It's Energon. Yeah, because yes. I remember Energon mining was a big fucking thing, and that's where they have these like anime kids that are like, "We gotta help you." Yup. And I think they had a lot of like toys that they made off of this shit too. Oh, they made this. The shows are commercials for the toys. Yeah, that's all they. Oh, ever I were. was a big sucker for the toys. I bought it's a never shit not ton of way. Yeah, I bought some of them too. But they took forever to transform. So like, you would yeah. only ever do it once. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It did take a long ass time. It was like a thirty minute process to transform them. Uh-huh. You're showing your parents. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Look at it. Look at it. Look, it wait, wait, wait. You got the instructions go. <laughs> next to you because it's like trying to fucking do a Rubik's cube. You need the fucking thing in front of you. He's gonna be a truck. I swear. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, my Hell childhood, yeah. everybody. <clears throat> Speaking of children, huh, Belfast? Yeah, there's a child in that. <laughs> so this is interesting. A uh, movie about the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. That's like serious and shit. I'm sure there are plenty of those in Irish cinema, but you know, if I sat here all day, I don't think... Many people out there would be able to give me great examples of Irish cinema. It's not really something that escapes the aisle too often. It also appears to be shot back in the day, like like they. Yeah, that was an interesting aesthetic choice. Like it was just the black and white for a '70s film. What do you mean? They just shot it back in the '70s, like that. Like that's that's when color didn't exist, so it makes sense. (laughs) The world you went black. to the one part of Ireland that's still in black and white. <laughs> they had they filmed uh, on location. Filmed on I'm location. sure it's a symbolic. It's like with fucking uh, Schindler's List. I'm sure they're going to mm-hmm. have one thing that's in color and it's going to be an important symbol. It's going to be a fucking potato. It's going to be brown. <laughs> Blink and you'll miss it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's going to go. They're going to like end up in America or something like that. Is gonna be like opening, getting ready for like school, and taking his cereal out. And the front of his box is gonna be a big green leprechaun, and he's gonna be like, "It's uh, it's set in the sixties, by the way, not the (laughs) seventies." Don't stop believing. It's gonna be playing. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) He opens up his. It's gonna zoom in on the green leprechaun from the Lucky Charms box. I actually think this movie looks pretty good. It I'll, does look uh, like yeah. it's gonna be actually like it's Oscar bait for 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 yeah. a lot of people. It's got a mm-hmm. pretty good cast too. Um, I guess this was supposedly based on like the director's life. I think he took. Oh it from yeah, his I was own. Just, like Belfast was is still kind of not as bad, but it's pretty war torn uh, area. Like mm-hmm. the troubles yeah. is a kind of nice spin on it, but it was pretty much a full-blown Catholic Protestant civil war in Northern yeah. Ireland. It was, it was... I would say it's still touchy today. Oh, it yeah, definitely is. Judy Dench? Uh, a lot of Irish Americans used to uh, donate to the IRA because, like, it's a... Uh, you know, the premise is good, United Ireland. But uh, after 9-11, they're like, oh, this is what terrorism looks like. Yeah, let's not... 
support this anymore. <laughs> uh, the the kid actually seems pretty uh, good for his acting. Yeah, as far as uh, child Jude actors Hill, go, he's got a pretty big uh, role in it. So, uh, hopefully, from the trailer, it looks actually pretty well done, or his acting looks pretty pretty good. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good movie. Um, it's a subject matter that hasn't really been done a lot, at least in American cinema. Um, and it's something that not a lot of people know about. Um, so I think this is going to be a, a good movie. And they, they do fade into color in the trailer, so maybe they're going to use that strategically in the film. So yeah, I think this is going to... It's not going to be a light movie. Um but I think it's going to be... It kind of gives me Cinema Paradiso vibes a little bit, where I think it's going to be... Or I guess uh, Sound of Music would be a better comparison, where it's like a coming-of-age story in the backdrop of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. It should be good. Probably be good. Um... And then the last one, uh, an actual real real time teaser. Uh, the guilty. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard if, had this idea before, but you have this kind of psychotic, manipulative guy, this really kind of creepy dude, and I think you could really make it work if we hired Jake Gyllenhaal to be it like a crazy guy. Nah, dude, that'll never work. The kid from Donnie Darko? <laughs> nah. Well, the kid okay. from Spider-Man, Far From Home. Like, I know that he's used to, you know, playing roles like like Nightcrawler and um, the, the one where he played himself. Was he Nightcrawler? Yeah. Not the mutant, but... No, not... He's... Oh, oh, oh. The, like movie, the movie Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. I was yeah, like, I don't... It's like, I don't think that's right, Peter. I don't think that's right. <laughs> um, wasn't he... He was also in, like, some vet movie where his wife, like, cheated on him with his brother or some shit, which had, like, this famous, like, kitchen scene where he just blew up and breaking shit and everything. I think that was Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm not... Maybe... Um, so he's he can, done a he lot of movies. Some crazy shit. Yeah. Oh, enemy was what I was thinking of, where he like he sees a dude that's just like him. Oh, yeah, one day it, he's yeah. like, "This is fucked. I have to kill this man." <laughs> oh. He's um, also maybe a little bit gay because he was in Brokeback Mountain. Oh, he was in Zodiac. That's another movie where he got uh, obsessed of, over something. Mm-hmm. He's oh, also, he was an end of watch. Day. Yep. Uh, that was and the day, after, where... day after tomorrow. Do you think he'll make a reprising role in Moonfall? I remember. I remember. Will Jake Gyllenhaal play the moon in Moonfall? <laughs> hey, remember? You heard it here remember first. Remember Day After Tomorrow was a fantasy movie and not real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super, New York City flooded. Superstorm just hit. <laughs> it just came up over land from that's Louisiana a, to New York. Honestly, that's what I. Th- the first thing I thought when I saw the pictures, I'm like, this is like day after tomorrow shit. This is like straight from that fucking movie. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's pretty crazy. So yeah. if you're in that area, stay safe. 
uh, that here, grab you know, a boat. to half of the country. Yeah, if you're in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans area, or New Jersey, you know, mm-hmm. hope you had tornado insurance. Yeah, there was a tornado too. It was a pretty. That was, it was pretty a fucking bad. Mess. That was a really fucking bad tornado. Uh, I'm trying to think of where it was. Malacut. It was. It was like in Middlesex County. Um, yeah, it it was pretty bad. It was pretty isolated though. But that with all the fucking flash flooding, like Bridgewater, New Jersey, is like under four feet of water. It's pretty bad. Somebody was saying that was New York City's first ever flash flood warning. It was its worst ever flash flooding. I don't know that it's the first flat. I think that's bullshit about the first flash flood warning because there were definitely flash flood warnings for Sandy and Irene. Somebody, um, I, and maybe well, I mean they're misinformed. The it was yeah, the worst, sure. yes, but yeah. they're misinformed if they're saying it's the first. I've lived in the area long enough to see multiple flash flood warnings. Um. Do do do. All right, that's all the trailers, right? So now we. That's it. Follow that up with the follow up, where we take a look at some of these movies we've talked about. Trey watch and see how they're doing critically and commercially. And in the first spot, we have Candyman. Twenty-two million dollars, posing free guy, which finds itself in second with thirteen million dollars. Well, let's let's focus in on Candyman here because we're gonna make that our spotlight film of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, because not a whole lot else to talk about. Uh, it's got a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, it has a, what's it's Rotten Tomatoes? Has a 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's interesting. So when you click on it on IMD, oh, that's the, Okay. Let me, spe- let me make sure that it's 2021 because apparently there was another thing called Candyman that, but when you click it on, yes, IMDb it was, Reader, this is like the remake sequel too. Well, yeah, that was the 1992, but when I clicked on the 8.3 out of 10, cause it was different than I remembered, uh, it brought me to a prequel, I guess that came out in 2020. Candy um, child. <laughs> Candy boy. So, 2021 Candyman, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 72% on Metacritic. So, it's pretty positively reviewed um, by professional critics. But as we all know, they don't know shit. They're not real people. No. Not anymore. They're basically no um, different from robots. They've sold their soul to the devil is what we're trying to say. Um, so, mm. we got to go to the streets. AKA the IMDb user review sections where the realest of real reviewers who feverishly really type away their reviews while waiting for their Ubers um, give us the <laughs> truth of the matter. Yep. Uh, we have a 10 out of 10 review here from Beyond the Rain. Candyman is back, all caps. He floats like a ghost and stings like a bee. Exclamation mark, knife emoji. <laughs> there wasn't shit sweet, but Candyman is back. Shot so beautiful. Black horror is beautiful and so spooky. This was all that. Exclamation mark. I am satisfied. 
Period. No exclamation mark. All caps, though. He just wasn't that excited. Uh, best horror film of 2021 so far. He floats like a ghost and stings like a bee. Literally. Exclamation mark. Unlike the Spiral Saw film, there was no rap music. Crying laughing emoji. <laughs> just spooks and shivers hurt all around. It was an eerie. It was eerie. Exclamation mark. The ending message wasn't shoved in your face, but it was slightly unnecessary. And yes, I am a black man. If you like the original Exorcist, Sinister, or Insidious, this film is within the same vein. Exclamation mark. Finally. Exclamation mark. I read an interesting Finally. fact about the... 22F85 found that helpful. I read an interesting fact about the original Candyman, 1992, where uh, they like actually used real bees... Uh, it was a practical effect. The dude wore a dental dam, and he charged the the production five hundred dollars for every time he was stung. <laughs> uh, by his count, it was like uh, eight times. There you go. <laughs> like I respect the hustle. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to commit to the practical effect, I feel like that's a fair trade off. Certainly a lot cheaper, unless they're really aggressive. Certainly a lot cheaper than it would have been mm-hmm. to CGBs. Yeah, and it, certainly a lot cheaper than if they were voiced by Jerry Seinfeld. Like he didn't all work hallway, cheap. he has the hook. And he just says, "You like jazz?" <laughs> <laughs> so what's the deal with the hook? You're the candy man. I don't get it. There's no candy here. I mean, guess bees, sweet honey. I get that Is it part like of it. Like a candy cane? Is it like a? It's me, Jerry Seinfeld. This is my my delivery that I'm known for. Ah. <laughs> okay, I'm in no so, way sounding like any other comedians that have ever lived. <laughs> so in, the one out of tens are chock full of gold. Um, I'm sure it's all very a, racially sensitive. Material. This is a politically charged, racially charged movie, I guess. So some people didn't particularly like that messaging, which is okay. Oh, flash flood emergency. I see the, yeah. the terminal. I, yeah, I, I guess that was... I, I kind of construed the two. I didn't know there was a difference, but I guess there is. I mean, if warning is it could happen. Emergency is it's emergency actively is, happening. It, hey, look out the window. <laughs> hey, look out the window. There's some fucking water in the street. Don't you see the rats hey, doing I'm backstroke? The, yes, I saw the fucking giant rats. <laughs> Hey, at least they're clean now (laughs) After swimming in dookie water This fucking dog-sized rat (laughs) Man, is a fucking Michael Phelps of rats over here New York City, only the best I just I I wish some, some dude in fucking Little Italy Saw the giant like rush of water, be like, "Hey, I'm walking here." <laughs> <laughs> the water just stops while he crosses the street. Oh, hey, oh, I didn't know you were there. I'll go this way then. <laughs> I think that this is the same thing that happened to my cousin Moses. He was in the middle. He was in the Red Sea. Came on, said, "No, get, excuse me, get out of my way." It had to be Italian. yeah in Brooklyn, <laughs> the the rare Italian Jewish. There was this guy. He was coming up. He was coming up on my tribe, and I said, "Hey, let my people go." Eh? Except this time, it was it was uh, 
it was a guy named Ray protecting his pizza cart. And he said, hey, let my pizza go. I'm walking here. What you doing? I got a I usually put a little cheesy dust down there, but they sometimes they want extra dust. <laughs> and the okay. award for most contrived joke goes that was, to. That was, that was genuinely good, Peter. That's like upper echelon effort from you. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that down in my soul. Uh, and Jake, can you can you reward me with one of these one out of ten star reviews? So I'm just gonna be pretty bland, and I'm I'm gonna go with the most. So it seems like the the helpful, the most helpful, and the most uh, prolific reviewers both had some shit to say. Uh, sure and here's their shit to say on one out of ten. Helpfulness sounds like a little bit better. No idea where to begin by R. J. Wilson. One out of ten. Warning spoilers. Okay. This film promises so much potential and then ultimately kicks you in the nuts for expecting anything. The camera work is overly pretentious. Script is mind-numbingly boring. The characters thankfully get killed out of a sense of mercy to the audience. So they no longer have to put up with this awful excuse of a movie. I was really excited about this movie, especially as Jordan Peele was attached and claimed to have a desire to recreate the terror from the original movie and that the 1992 movie has a special place, blah, blah. If that's really true, then he has a funny way of showing it. The lore was butchered, added to without explanation. Everything was forced to tell a specific narrative about how awful white people are. The true joke is that if white people created this movie, it would be canceled before it even reaches the test audience. This is just proof that anyone can be racially biased and be way off the mark when trying to tell a story because their own political agenda got in the way. All the woke people will declare this is a masterpiece because it's POC telling white people how bad they are. It's just ridiculous at this point and completely destroyed a god, uh, god, a good horror movie franchise. Yes, it's worse that Candyman 3. I think he meant than, but worse than Candyman 3. 25 out of 31 found that helpful. Okay. Okay, I hear you, R.J. Wilson. Racist. Yeah. Uh, the the middling reviews are also all of, they're at they have the opposite problem where they're they're pretty charged but they're also kind of bland and I don't have fun reading any of them. Uh, so here's one of the less bland ones uh, that doesn't make me want to just fall asleep. Um, so if you're think if you're like okay this kind of sucks just imagine the rest of the reviews just longer and boringer. Um, <laughs> all right. Sunny Light 017's 4 out of 10 review. So bad. The acting was okay, and the camera work was pretty decent. But overall, that's it. The story was a mess. It was boring and predictable. Most of the kills were off-screen, and the characters acted very strange. Their actions in some scenes did not make any sense. The Candyman itself was not interesting at all. Neither scary. Overall... Very, very bad and forgettable movie. Final score, 3 to 4 out of 10. I can't, I don't think I can drink for that because he put the, it said 4 out of 10 in the review and he gave it a 4 out of 10. So, 
and 23 out of 41 found that helpful. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I got one where you got a double drink because it's uh, don't listen to the bad reviews and politically charged. Don't read the racist right wing reviews from Sabrina Helps. Uh, it's a nine out of ten rating. I thought this movie was great. It was shot beautifully. The score was perfect and the acting was superb. I went into the movie thinking it would be just okay because of the 6.5 rating on here. Not realizing a bunch of white, right-ring, racist jerks posted on here to bring the ratings down because of their lack of intelligence and empathy. Hopefully, people look past their views and the hatred and go see the film. 5 out of 16 found it helpful. Hmm. So, we got back to the... uh... All this is them telling not to listen to these guys, but let's let's listen who not to listen to. Uh, honorable mention to this other one that said Peel needs a black hood. <laughs> what? I think That's he's salacious. implying that it's the black version of the KKK. I I guess so. I think uh, but we saw that movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably the just Lansman. the Black Panthers. I remember they were talking. I, I read this article. Um, sorry to interrupt about like mm-hmm. red flag films. Like if a person's into really into this movie, you know that's a red flag. And like the original post mm-hmm. had Joker and Fight Club listed as examples. And then there was like the the, the, uh, the it spawned into a debate about does do red flag films exist? And I was like, there's one, and it's Birth of the Nation. Like, if they're really into Birth of the Nation, yeah, that's a red flag. But everything else, you know, not really. No. Wait, is this... I looked up, I saw I was curious which ones uh, they were. Red flag movies, if you loved one, really... If you or a loved one really enjoy any of these movies, we invite you to rewatch, reconsider, or at least listen to the episode of... No, no, no free plug for you, podcast that talk about this. Um, so they're talking these red flag movies as Manhattan, Ghostbusters, uh, the original Ghostbusters from 1984, Transformers. How? Uh, I Want You, or uh, is that Stripes? Wait, Transformers? Yeah, like the, yeah, <laughs> the original it's not feminist enough. Uh, Stripes from 1981, uh, The Rock, the Big Lebowski. I love Scarface. The Rock. How The Big Lebowski. I know, right? Drive, uh, The Hangover, Fight Club, The Boondock Saints, Porky's, Blade Runner, Taxi Driver, Joker, Revenge of the Nerds, and Leon the Professional? Okay, I can understand why someone might not necessarily be a fan of someone who was really into Leon the Professional. All right, judging by the list of the movies there, I'm guessing it's a feminist podcast. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, from, from, uh, I will. I can understand someone being uncomfortable with Leon because of how sexualized Natalie Portman's character is, and she's only like 12. That's why I like the movie. But like, 
there are legitimate <laughs> reasons to like those movies. They're I, really mm-hmm. fucking good examples of a lot of cinema. For example, things it, the ones if you if you understand that it's a critique of the things that uh, other people. Yeah, might so this podcast is a weekly me. podcast about the representation of women in film. So okay. that, nailed that it makes on the head there. But um, to take one aspect of like Leon the Professional, which I thought was surprisingly a good movie and to blanket that as the entire movie it's not okay if it was i i understand what like the director was trying to do with natalie portman's character but and if they miss the mark then they miss the mark and people have their opinion to that but but like it's not I, representative of the entire movie not, and it not makes sense like for her character like her station in life and natalie portman herself even said that she was excited to do that character because it matched like where she was at in her life you know a young girl discovering her like sexuality and being like that's a fairly minor part of her character that's not like she also her character didn't have like caring parents to teach her about this stuff so At this point, she has to learn this because she's a 12-year-old girl. And she's very self-sufficient. Like, it's a pretty positive portrayal overall. But, like, I don't want to Mm -hmm. paint with a broad brush. But a lot of times, like, feminist film criticism is very zero-sum. Like, if it has this thing in it, it's it's completely garbage (coughs) and and you can't like it or else you're problematic. It Um, nullifies all the good aspects of the movie, which... I think there it's was like more positive stuff. Transformers than is a great example of this. Like if you strip away how Megan Fox is shot in that movie and mm-hmm. look at the actions her character performs, she's a feminist fucking icon. She's the most capable character ever put in fucking yeah. film. Because <laughs> if I remember correctly, she was the one like saving Sam's butt all the time. And all the time. Even in the, even in the second one, too. She's she's the one who's working at like the mechanic shop and she's. You know, telling all the, the the men to f off and stuff like that. But like, because she has she, the the gall to to be sexy, she's problematic character. Yeah. All right. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Back to some <laughs> racial shit. <laughs> we're not. We're not we, we've we're reached not our quota of, of sexism for the day. <laughs> <laughs> One out of ten, crying into a void by status quo. Status K U O. Warning, spoilers. Third time writing my review. Why is this site, quote, protecting the fragility of the people who made it? They created doll art and then bury anyone who brings up the ugly racist person who made it. In fact, I was pointing out the very dangerous message this film is spewing. Should I stay silent? This antagonistic cinema that purposefully guides the viewers to believe a cab? How sad and disgusting. This movie does nothing for the black community, but continues to paint them as victims of circumstance who are mocked and belittled as they want to do better or be culturally relevant to civilized society. Instead, this movie points out that the savagery of black community is as a result of being labeled, judged, and executed, whilst the director lashes out in kind. Sure. Yeah. Wherever you stand, <laughs> that was a paragraph. I saw. Yeah, <laughs> sure. 
Wherever you stand in this case, this movie fails, fails, fails at pointing out the root cause of inner city misery. Generations of Candyman don't exist in urban communities to bring a rebirth of change. It really is just, parentheses, supposed to be a fun horror romp that is about revenge based on someone who is culturally wrong. Great. That's the message. But I love this movie is being regulated closely to filter out true reviews. Yes, white liberals love to coddle their property. Most racist people in the world are white white liberals. Malcolm X knew it. <laughs> Not three I thought you were about to say helpful. Malcolm X was a white liberal. <laughs> Malcolm X was one. Yeah. It said it had white liberal right next to Malcolm X, but they squished in a period, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, jeez, dude. This, this guy. I'm assuming the first two times he wrote this review, uh, he got removed because he said the N-word, probably. Uh, <laughs> just uh, just Would not guessing. Doubt. Can't do this family form. Uh, so like I said, the the middling reviews are like yours, Jake, but boringer. So I'm going to take two of the short ones and kind of mash them together. Because this first one, asked him 23, he's got it out for, for uh, Jordan Peele and, and by extension, you, Jake. Um, four out of ten. <laughs> no worthy... Sorry, but like everyone else here, this film is everything but Candyman. Like fan of first movie, this film is a failure. Peel, Get Out is overrated and will be your one hit. 23 out of 42. (laughs) I mean, I think it might be a fair assessment to call Get Out overrated because it just receives so much praise that I don't think it's possible for it to live up to that... (laughs) <laughs> but but the most cogent criticism of the movie is here in this uh, 5 out of 10 review by Mount Parker 93903 uh, 5 out of 10 I have been lied to and it's just so, two so, sentences I mean he Everything brought that about down the movie on a stone tablet from Mount Parker <laughs> what? <laughs> he said he brought this review down on a stone tablet from Mount Parker Parker yeah I, everything about this movie is amazing. It's just that there's not much candy shown in the movie. <laughs> what was the Too fucking happy. one about Paw Patrol? What? The sea turtles? Last yeah. week in the Paw Patrol one, he was upset oh. about the sea turtles. <laughs> yeah. Being a family yeah. unit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That was a good one. Uh, so that's Candyman. The, love the trolls. The real, the real reviewers. Everybody. All right. Everybody. Speaking of Paw Patrol, that finds itself in third place, down about 50%. $6.65 million. Jungle Cruise slips another spot, down 20 point, 21%. $5 million. Don't Breathe 2, down in a spot. Um, $2.86 million, down 43%. Respect. And I did have to stop myself from saying R E S B E C T. Um, two point two four million dollars down forty point four percent. The Suicide Squad uh, down another forty one point five percent. Uh, one point nine eight million dollars out of four hundred ninety theaters. Oh, respect left six hundred theaters. Yikes. 
Uh, let's see if Suicide Squad cleaned up. $156 million worldwide. $185 million budget. Oof. That's no good. Well, I also... They also got the HBO Max stuff, so... Yeah. I No clue how that's going to factor in. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how they, they would count that as part of the film's gross. Uh, the Protégé, down in eighth, $1.6 million. The Night House, $1.2 million, down 57.8%. Running at the top 10, we have Old, $840,000. You could say that audiences... <laughs> Man, reminiscence at at 11. Yeah, it didn't even stay in the top 10 for a week. We'll have plenty to say about that movie later on the show. Two weeks out, 9th place and 11th place. Jeez. Down 60% from its opening, which was... Not leaving theaters either, too. Very meager. 11.19. On paper, this is a movie I should have (laughs) liked. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the review. Oh, we have an egg rescue opening in 13th with $428,000. An egg rescue. (laughs) It's an animated film uh, from a studio I've never heard of. Toto and his friends must rescue his egg children after they're taken away for a gourmet food event in Africa. I'm not going to even touch upon, like... The eggs? The... If your egg children are in trouble, there's only one man you can call. Billy Hatcher. Uh, un rescate de huevos. Together, 19, Death Rider in the House of Vampires. What? Wow, plus 820%. Somehow, it, one it opened. <laughs> in its opening week, quote unquote. Yeah. In its opening week, but it went up 222 theaters yeah, from so one. There's a bug in the fucking uh, code there. Oh, that is the literal translation. Yeah. Foxy Day. I thought day was like of. So, like, I thought it would be the rescue of the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. An egg rescue. And egg rescue. A rescue of eggs. Hmm. Oh, uh, in, in coming in at 31, it's a magic card. You know it, you love it. Swan song. Day, yeah, day can be from or of. Oh. Like I'm Kurt of New Jersey. I'm Kurt from New Jersey. He's Kurt de Jersey. <laughs> Kurt de Jerseyus. That would be your medieval name. Medieval? Yeah. Medina? All right. Let's talk gaming news because there's actually quite a bit of it this week. Um, There are some rumors floating around that suggest NVIDIA's GPU supply is about to drop by 30%. (laughs) 30% of zero is still zero. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I don't think this is going to affect anyone's general ability to get their hands on an NVIDIA card for reasonable prices. Um, but certainly ain't helping anything. It's not the news you wanted to hear at this point in time. 
Their stock is still booming though. I mean, damn. They just had a stock split and uh, I believe Pelosi's just bought in with a bunch of other people. Uh, put up a bunch of money into them. Yeah, is anyone uh, really they, uncomfortable with the fact that the people shaping policy? Government, like partnership with them. Yeah. Um, That's nice. I don't think sitting members of Congress should be able to own stock. No, no. That's not insider trading at all. She had no idea. How, how could somebody possibly know that they're going to announce a, like a partnership with them? beforehand it just doesn't make sense come on it's not insider trading absolutely not (laughs) she's not inside the company she doesn't have any inside information yeah she's just (laughs) talking to the company she's just actively negotiating the deal that she's going to profit off of yeah how is that insider trading (laughs) oh yeah i I don't get it it's like (laughs) she didn't even shrink down how can it be insider trading (laughs) yeah i you saw inside out I think that's what that movie was about. <laughs> uh, AMD files a teleportation patent to supercharge quantum computing. Um, teleportation of qubits, not people. Um, All right. Okay, patent troll. You keep I don't doing really you. understand quantum computing well enough to talk about it in any sort of detail, but they've filed for a patent on this... Technique, I guess. Um, we'll see if it's granted. Uh, but yeah, we're. I'm interested to see what quantum computing brings to the table, because it doesn't really make a ton of sense from a like uh, putting two words together standpoint. <laughs> um, but I'm sure. I'm sure if it were explained to me, it would make more sense. I just really haven't researched it. Um, In news that could affect the ongoing lawsuit between Apple and Epic, South Korea has passed a law that basically gives Epic what they want. Yeah, it, I think it, it, like, whatever it does is it prevents, like, Google and Apple uh, from basically charging a markup for in-game transactions. It mandates that uh, Google and Apple accept alternative payment systems on ios and android Mm. so epic's whole deal was they were pissed that they got delisted for trying to have in-app purchases of v bucks so apple didn't skim 30 percent off the top uh as they would do with purchases for the app store uh which as a refresher too if, if your article doesn't have the numbers um um, companies that don't comply with the law can be fined up to 3% of their South Korean revenue. Um, so this um, is a big, big deal. So the South- annual gross revenue in billions, this is with with a B, billions, billions of U.S. dollars in 2020 was $72.3 billion. Now that's over the entire app store. Take 30% of that. Yeah, Apple makes yeah, a lot you of money that. for a reason. I, I can't. That's, that's basically what they're... I don't have a calculator on me. What? It's 20 like some odd dollars, $22 billion, uh, is about mm-hmm. what, they're, what they'd be losing uh, 
if this makes its way worldwide. And, I mean, you can bet your bippy, you can take this pig to the market, if you know what I mean, that uh, when this reaches the high courts up here, they're going to reference the South Korea laws. Yeah, that's precedent. Or they'll just be like, I'm America. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck your international laws. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because South Korea is a very big tech market. Um, it's also kind of, I won't say suspicious, but Samsung has a competing app store um, on Android, and they happen to be headquartered in South Korea. I don't know if that is, I don't know if there's any Samsung lobbying that put this law in place. I don't even know if it really benefits Samsung in any meaningful way, but I just find if it kind of interesting. If I remember... Um... I mean, it's tough to say if it benefits Samsung because it'd be like, yeah, I don't, okay, well, I don't really see because like they have their own app storefront, right? It's not like they're yeah. locked into Google. like Android's a, a fair bit more open than uh, Apple in in this sort of regard. So I don't think Samsung would and, have to lobby hard for something like that. I just thought it was an interesting thing. To, if I'm not mistaken, even though Apple is like the main thing front and center they're the ones that are on the lawsuit i believe the very same thing happened to google as well uh so yeah like, it was delisted from google play but because there are multiple app stores on android, android and you can mm-hmm. install apps from third-party sources more easily than you can on an iphone um it like wasn't samsung, as big a deal like samsung literally had a partnership with epic games and like co-released like their Fortnite apps with with uh with Samsung. Like they they had a special edition uh skin for Fortnite if you bought like one of the phones or whatever. Yeah. So they're they're buddy buddy with us. So th- yeah, this should be interesting to see if this has any uh impact on uh the hearings, which you know, <laughs> it's gonna be a while before anything shakes from that tree I have no idea. if it even makes it to trial um so we'll we'll keep our ears open for updates on that um meanwhile in domestic news uh call of duty warzone player rush three rushman 360 who uh claimed he was hardware banned from warzone last week for cheating uh stars in their official anti-cheat ad and then continues to cheat Whoops. Cool. This is... Um, there's an analogy here, but I can't think of one. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard um, a lot of my friends have stopped playing Warzone because apparently cheating has become rampant all over Warzone. Um, I think they had a an event not too long ago that... Like, even though it was, like, on a private server or something like that, there were still, like, tons of people or a couple of people cheating. Whether or not it was aimbot or, or I don't know, wall hacks or whatever. But there was still freaking cheating in that, in that uh, event. And that's for money. Like, come on. I mean, I think that's, that's where you're going to find the most cheating is when it's for money. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's. I mean, the, the stakes are higher. There's, there's, uh, the stakes are higher, but there's more incentive I mean, to cheat. Yes, there's more incentive to cheat, but 
I mean, I, they were obviously caught. Yeah, I, but like you know, that's Lance Armstrong had to take USADA mm-hmm. tests, and he's still fucking <laughs> pumped himself full of all kinds of shit. Man's got one ball. Give him a break. What a fall from grace in public image, man. Like, yeah, that's a Bill Cosby esque turnaround in public perception. <laughs> but he rode bikes. I mean. Whatever. Bikes. Dude can ride a bike. I was taught that when I was like five. Can you ride up the French Alps? Give me the right bike. Give me enough time. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> is it going to be e-bike? I mean... <laughs> is this even a question? Come on, come on. No, dirt bike. Zip right up there. Make his times look like shit. Look at my huffy. <laughs> There's this French guy I know named Alp. I can I can ride over him. I can <laughs> run him down. Bastard stole my yeah. rake. Still hasn't given it back. It's almost fall again. <laughs> um, there's a new roguelike out on the scene called Curse to Golf, which sees you swinging your way out. Of the minor inconvenience of, you know, being dead. So it's a golf-based roguelike set in purgatory um, from Chunhai or Chuhai Labs. Uh, it's coming out soon. Um, it's 8-bit art style. Uh, puzzle-esque sort of uh, gameplay, looks like. Um, let me mm-hmm. pull it up here. Oh, I don't have the fucking OBS window. Yeah. So, okay. For the yeah. audience, so I've got that going. This is like here. Golf Troidvania. Yeah. It it feels like it's a mix of Portal and like Super Meat Boy. And uh Peggle, I guess. Or yeah. Maybe not Peggle, but like any number of puzzle-based uh doodads, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yep, the creator looks like he belongs on the. He like he's trying really hard to get on the um, the front page. Like he is he is going hard on that algorithm. Yeah, like it's uh, it's the quirky indie game. You know, look how quirky this game mm-hmm. is. Look at its bizarre setting and gameplay concept. And, and golf. No one's ever done that before. No one's no. ever even thought about it. No one's, no one's ever, ever done even golf in like a, a non-specifically golf, golf context. No. Certainly not a guy named Mario. Mario. Yeah. Why don't we just 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 bring back Golden Tee? Just just bring back <laughs> Neo Turf Masters. All right. I want my I want my ultra realistic fake fake guys going like ah yeah yeah. So uh NeoTurf Masters so good. The Kiwis are unhappy that a national hero of theirs was turned Australian in Call of Duty Vanguard, saying, quote, at its best it's ignorance, at its worst, it's a giant middle finger to all of us. Four heroes of Call of Duty Vanguard's upcoming return to World War II may not be explicitly real people, but they are pretty closely based on real people. 
uh, tracking as closely as possible to their famous fighters they draw inspirations from. That's why it's somewhat baffling that New Zealander Chris Upham, one of the rare few men to ever be awarded two Victoria Crosses, has been turned Australian as Vanguard's Lucas Riggs. I mean, I guess you can put the claim in that, oh, it's... It's not this dude, so we can make him Australian. Um, but yeah, if you're going to have a but everyone just turns Australian eventually. All right. Um, so wait, how do they know he's not? Was there, did they like explicitly say he's from Australia or does he have like the Australian flag on his uniform somewhere or something? I. Don't I don't know, Jake. I didn't watch anything about Call of Duty Vanguard. I yeah, I, I don't really care about it. Yeah, can't really say it's that like, I'm too it's excited like, about it, the it. Eighth the eighth Call of Duty game that's uh let's come out in the World War Two setting or some shit. Uh well let's see. There's the first three. Oh, nice. And then there was World at War. And then there was World War Two. And then, um, so I think this is six, maybe. Yeah, there might there might have been a spinoff. The, game oh yeah, there are spinoffs the one, like the three. the big red one, big red one, yeah. And uh, there was a lot of early like. Well, they were all World War Two. Yeah. Until Modern Warfare came out, because that was their thing. Yeah, it was a World War Two shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, "There's other wars." Well, the Infinity Ward felt that it was going to get stale uh, correctly. And then they uh, were like, Oops. oh, wait, Modern Warfare. What if we did in modern sure. times? Guys, you hear what's going on over in Iraq and <laughs> all the stands and shit? <laughs> <laughs> Feel the power of my stand. The Nuclear st- guys, guys, turn on Fox right now. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> it's a gold mine. Plutonium nightmare. Uh, Kojima wants to make a game with Mads Mickelson called Mads Max. Um, it has to be set in the Arctic, because as we know, Mads Mickelson must be in the cold at all times. Yes. Yeah, he's a husky. He's like a husky. He'll, I, he's got that he'll thick, melt. I, I want Mads Mickelson as Victor Von Fries. Not Victor Freeze. Victor Von. No, no, keep it Von. I like it. I mean, that's actually, yeah, it's not not bad. Does he have? Well, Von Freeze would be. be, Von Freeze would be his last name, right? So it's not like he could be. But he doesn't own his own European kingdom of Freezevaria. Let's see. Does. does, Well, his. Wait, what? I'm trying to see if he has a dated. That's it's freeze. Victor Freeze. That's how they. That's how it's spelled. It's funny because fries are hot, but freeze is cold. <laughs> and why do they call there, it oven when you oven the cold food and ov- out a, hot eat the food? <laughs> there is a Batman, uh, I guess, comic called Von Freeze. Maybe maybe he does gain uh, lordship over a. Uh... Small European territory in one story arc. Von Freeze. 
There's a Count Mords von Fries. Is this the fucking not the Bogwin guy? No. Um. No. Okay. So yeah, that's all I have. Batman to say White Knight that. presents. Batman White Knight presents Von Freeze number one. DC Comics. I'm assuming this is a Victor Freeze. DC Comics would be Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> Detective DC Comics. <laughs> it is DCComics.com. I think I think Washington DC took yeah, the Yeah, probably. <laughs> The DC.com. Well, I mean, they have a logo that says DC Comics. It's like, do you did yeah. you own company? Forget what DC stands for. There was a a young a young people young people replaced all the oldies when they left, and they were like, guys, what does DC even stand for? There's a it obviously stands for DC Comics. <laughs> of course. So that's just that's what it is. Um. So there is a tool that's been developed called DLSS Swapper. And it allows you to switch out versions of NVIDIA's DLSS technology in games where it exists um, or possibly doesn't exist as well. So you no longer have to wait for uh, developers to implement um, the new DLSS library into their their games um mm-hmm. i can't see any indication of how well it works if it causes any issues or instability you'd have to think um there's probably going to be some unforeseen consequences from using a tool like this um i imagine there's a reason it takes them time to implement the newer versions of dlss or dlss in general um, but if you have an NVIDIA card, which I, that had the 2000 series or newer, which I do, I will, uh, you should check it out and see, see how it works for you. I will, I will be checking it out as well. See what we can do with that. Uh, there's an NVIDIA broadcast update that will lend support to more, uh, types of cameras and microphones, or capture cards, rather. Um, if you don't know what NVIDIA Broadcast is, it's their AI-powered thing that features uh, the former RTX voice, which is advanced noise cancellation that allows you to filter out large amounts of noise um, from your microphone input so that just your voice mm-hmm. is heard. Um, it also has technology to kind of cut out around your profile um, so you don't even need a green screen for your backgrounds. Um, this is update 1.3. So that's another thing. If you have an NVIDIA card, you might want to check out because there is a uh, there's a lot of um, use for NVIDIA broadcast these days. What with all the telecom meetings and and whatnot. 
Um, we yep. have the tech specs for Far Cry 6. They're not too demanding. Um, so on the low end, they have different... Um, I guess they have... I guess these are all recommended, but the minimum is like the fucking lowest spec. So they're like geared to different specs, which I prefer when they do this instead of saying just minimum recommended. These are specs that will get you about to a certain, you know, frame rate at a certain resolution. So for 1080-30 with DirectX ray tracing off, they're recommending a Ryzen 3 1200 or a i5-4460 both of which are pretty modest chips in today's area. They're both uh, quad cores uh, mm. that are clocked right around 3 gigahertz, which is kind of slow by today's standards. A RX 460, which I think eat 4 gigabytes, or a GTX 960 4 gigabyte, which uh, even if you can't afford a lot of GPU, I'm sure you can find reasonable prices on gpus that low spec although i'm not sure they released the gt 730 so <laughs> the shortage must be pretty bad um for 1080 with ray tracing off you can expect to hit that with a 3600x 3.8 gigahertz model or a 7700 from intel i7 at 3.6 gigahertz uh they recommend a vega 64 8 gigabyte or a gtx 1080 8 gigabyte for the that's a big jump from 30 to 60 fps holy cow uh 16 gigabytes mm -hmm. of ram and dual channel 60 gigabytes of hard drive space but they recommend an ssd uh for 1440p 60 fps with ray tracing off uh same CPU on the AMD side, 3600X, or they recommend a 9700, which is an 8-core chip for the Intel side of things. Um, they also recommend a 5700 XT or 2070 Super for the GPU with 16 gigabytes of RAM, uh, 60 gigabytes of hard drive space, plus 37 gigabytes for HD textures. So the 1080p doesn't even include the HD textures. Oh, jeez. Um, That's a yikes, kids. Yeah. The article is like, Far Cry 6 won't require a high-end PC to play. I mean, if you're okay with 1080-30, yeah, that's true. But once you get up into 60 FPS targets, the specs get quite a Pretty bit steep. more demanding. Yeah. Um, at 1440p, 60 with ray tracing on, uh, they recommend a... The same storage stuff, uh, same RAM, but a 6900 XT or 3070. That's a pretty steep ask uh, with a 5600X or a 10600 from Intel. And for 4K30 with direct X ray tracing on, they recommend a 5800X 5, from AMD or a 10700K from Intel, a AMD RX 6816 gigabyte, which is interesting that they require a lesser GPU than the 1440p 60. I guess it is 30 FPS. 
uh, or an RTX 3080 10 gigabyte. All right. These recommendations stop making sense in the same storage and RAM requirements. So uh, if you if you want to enjoy the highest fidelity experience of Far Cry 6, you're going to need a beefy rig. Nice beefy boy. Thick rigs. Uh, Cookie Clicker has the old browser favorite has mm-hmm. shown up on Steam. And it's getting how much rave reviews. Um, Cookie Clicker is on Steam and is retailing for uh, maybe three actually. Let me check. Let me open Steam. Okay. While that opens, I will tell you about how it's being overwhelmed. It's being review bombed with positive Ooh. reviews. Positive reviews. Okay. Everyone loves Cookie now, Clicker. If what if Cookie Clicker, every time you click a cookie, it um. It tried a hash code, and you could just mine. You, instead of wasting the, your electricity bill on the cookies, uh, you mined Bitcoin while you were doing it. <laughs> crypto cookie. Oh, I'm actually going. Excuse me, while I actually look up crypto cookie. Um, store cookie clicker. I was not in the search box. Cookie. Five bucks. <laughs> Overwhelmingly positive reviews. Aw, nothing fun. Just just actual cookies that look like... It's the granddad games. of idle games. Pay respects. I heard someone say smart cookie on, on stream and got excited. I can stop whenever I want. Um, <laughs> I have... I have uh, so let's see if they have... Um, so there are 3,366 reviews, 50 are negative. Wow. Let's see. Uh, maybe it's really that good of a game. Well, I mean, like it's, it's a, it's an idle addicting like flash game from the internet of yesteryear. So it's like fine as a, as a game. Um, it's not something I would sincerely recommend paying five dollars for, but if you want to support the the dev and have a uh, an absent-minded game to play, then go for it. Here's what uh, here's what some of the negative reviews have to say. There's only fifty of them out of again over thirty three hundred reviews, so this is a drop in the bucket. I wish I could either minimize it to the tray icons. Or that it would be able to just run in the cloud like almost every other idle game there is. So that's not particularly a pointed criticism. Uh, 25.4 hours on record, though. Holy shit. Uh, from Trappy. Uh, Capid. 0.2 hours on record. You know, I expected a bit more stability for the port of a browser game. Six crashes in 13 minutes isn't exactly what I expected. Can't say I recommend it. All right, so he had some instability issues. Um, you know the guy who has a memory have crashes for Cookie Clicker. <laughs> well, I guess on some systems there's issues with its uh, compatibility because this guy's claiming uh, he had a memory leak issue that led mm. to crashes. Um, here's LeBron though. I would really, really, really like to recommend this. 
but in its current state, I can't. I love Cookie Clicker. I've played it on and off since its initial release, and I've seen the game grow from classic to its current iteration. However, the Steam version presents multiple very refreshing issues. Loss of save data appears to be a common issue, and due to its nature as an idle game, this can mean hours of time lost. Why would this be released with an utterly broken save feature? Game has outrageously bad memory leaks and bad performance. So I guess most at most of the negative reviews have to do with uh, crashes due to uh, weird configuration issues, I have to assume. Because uh, there's 3,300 people who had no issues with memory leaks. <laughs> so betting it's a corner case sort of deal. And lastly, we have a launch date for Windows 11. Windows 11 will be officially available on October 5th, 2021. Ah, October. So that kind of like explains why it's felt pretty complete in the time I've been using it. I've been using it since like the the developer preview since uh, July, I think, late July. Yeah. Or early July, because I had done it, like, right before I went down to Baltimore. Hmm. Um, so the fact that it was only a few months from release makes sense. So um, get make sure that you have Secure Boot enabled and your TPM module enabled on your motherboard if you want to upgrade. It will be a free upgrade for those rocking Windows 10. Um... All eligible, so it's a phased rollout. Um, all eligible devices will be offered the free upgrade by mid 2022. Um, October 5th day is also when new PCs will start being sold, become preloaded with the new OS. Uh, you, I think you can skip the line on the uh, rollout by uh, going to Microsoft.com and making the uh, bootable ISO yourself. Right. But just make sure that you you have the necessary hardware to run it. You have to be able to enable secure boot, which requires you to have a your boot drive formatted in the GPT partition style and not the MBR partition style. Otherwise, if you change from legacy boot the UEFI, which you need to enable secure boot, uh, you'll you'll you won't boot into Windows. You'll just be locked. Um, and you have to have a TPM trusted platform module. Uh, mm -hmm. Most newer motherboards, if you've built your PC in the last four years, you're probably good. Most newer motherboards have it. Um, I guess even five years. Anything like AM4 or newer, you're probably okay. But you right. might have to do some extra setup on your part. There is a easy command prompt script if you are MBR partitioned to change it to GPT without destroying any of your data. So uh, look into that. Make sure you're ready to upgrade. I I would say, like, you don't have to rush into getting Windows 11 for a lot of... a lot of practical purposes. It's Windows 10 with a new coat of paint. I do like some of the accessibility issues. Windows Search is a lot more useful now than it was in Windows 10. 
Um, and I like the aesthetic of it. I like rounded corners. Sue me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we live. Um, we lived in the in uh, the early two thousands. That was the way. It was the yeah. way. A rounded rectangle was the most prominent most graphic, of all shapes. Most yeah, most powerful graphical uh, design trend in the known universe. Just like Reminiscence is the most powerfully disappointing movie in the known universe. There we go. Oh, we got it, mate. Uh. As someone who is a big fan of science fiction and the neo-noir genre, I should have loved this movie. I should have been coming on here talking about how, oh, you know, this movie, it bombed, but it's actually pretty good. I think it's going to be a cult classic in a few years. I can't do it because no. for every good idea it had, it had a th- like two or three horribly trite and cliched ideas and the writing was bad the acting was bad Hugh Jackman wasn't bad but he wasn't good either he doesn't save the movie at all no it's just your normal Hugh Jackman yeah Logan Logan this ain't yeah this is this is lame is Hugh Jackman uh, wet yeah, yeah. wet white linen shirt and all <laughs> Sword fighting in a dusty abandoned hallway and all. It's ju- it's just him and Lame Hiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty damn close. That's a pretty apt uh, description of it. Of it. Yeah. Minus the singing. So I, reminiscence yeah. is what happens if you take Inception, and you don't limit the scope of it to mm-hmm. a single operation. Right. And have the conflict be the inner conflict of of one person in the op. Uh, These are the consequences of narrative economy, of yes. not following those rules. Um, this movie, yeah, this movie was uh, meandering and bloated, I would say. Um, it just, <laughs> it has, has all the ability to, to do its storytelling what what storytelling it could do in thirty minutes and squeezes it into an hour. Two hour, yeah. It's a two yeah. hour movie, hour fifty five. Well, actually, it was like an hour forty seven if you take out the credits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a particularly long movie, but no, it feels overly long because. So it's it's a it's a science. It's like. Inception in that you have a science fiction-y sort of concept here with this machine that lets you see people's memories. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like Inception, you could go into someone's dreams. Okay, that's a pretty interesting concept. There's some narrative potential with that. Um, You have Hugh Jackman. He's a a war hero guy Mm -hmm. who, who runs a shop servicing this technology. He tells us. A lot about Reference, himself. Reference references the war quite a bit. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, in the war, so they like do a lot of war. world building that is really unnecessary because a mm-hmm. lot of times mm-hmm. it doesn't meaningfully impact the plot and it only serves to dilute this. So, like when we get into spoilers, I'll have a little more 
of a concrete description of like examples of where this doesn't work, uh, where they, they tried to get too big with their ideas and couldn't tie everything together. But when you strip away the sci-fi element of this, it's a neo-noir style thriller. But the mystery isn't very well executed. And even if it was, the premise of it isn't super interesting. Because yes. there's like because there's like only so many ways that it can play out. And you kind of like formulate those guesses in your head 35 minutes into the movie. And you're like, okay, it's going to be one of these three things. And none mm-hmm. of them are particularly mind-blowing like it's not going to be like fight club back in the 90s before anyone had done that sort of twist you're like (laughs) yeah yeah uh nor was it even like remotely on the same level even if people had done a twist like this it still wasn't yeah it wasn't there was no twist Essentially, no, mm-hmm. like it all. There wasn't anything that made us like, oh wow, oh, yeah, because this, I... it, you follow the wrong character. I feel for the payoff, and we'll get we'll get into that a little more when we get to that. spoilers. Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like the person who made this movie cobbled this together from a wallpaper that they saw on a light jazz YouTube video of Miami half submerged. So this um, is or they girl. watch Neo Yokio because they're they have the whole uh, half of New York is like buried in the ocean and that. So they, you know what? I like to believe that they drew this from Neo Yokio. That explains a lot. Um, so Lisa Joy is the writer director, I think. I don't know if she wrote this. She's definitely the writer director. Oh, she is okay. the writer director. Okay, uh, that, she's that the girl also who did a lot. Westworld. Okay. Um. So she has some science fiction thriller chops. I get, I've never seen Westworld. It's positively reviewed. Um, a lot of people like it, but I've never really seen. I can't comment on it too much. Sure, I can. Because uh, <laughs> you haven't seen it, that's no excuse, dude. But uh, a lot of people seem to like that. And like I said, on paper. This is a Kurt movie. It's a neo-noir thriller with a sci-fi twist. You know, this could have been like a Total Recall type of situation here. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just... This honestly could be a movie that they could get a sequel to it, too. The, it's like there's enough world building if they did a good story, but I'm not excited for another movie. They kind of yeah. like shoot the narrative load, though, because like what's the only other option? Like the, Miami's flooded now. Well, what else is going on in the rest of the U.S., I guess? is mm-hmm. That's kind of what I want to know. Is like they kind of, like the world is sort of interesting. Like they, like. I was not so much. What, what other corruption is there? Like why, if Miami seems like a destitute place, why aren't they moving to a different area that might be better off? But also. It also doesn't in the in the same realm. It doesn't feel like a destitute place. Like they've adapted to their environment. Um, how else have they adapted to their environment? Um, I, I just I want to see more of that. I think. Um, 
and some See, like, and the some world very didn't really nitpicks. draw me in any. That I, I want to address. Uh, I, I feel like the the strongest part of it, it to me was the the reminiscence technology, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. feel like they really use that a lot in the movie. No. And right. well, I guess they kind of like wrote them out, wrote themselves into a corner where like you really can't use that technology when you're like on on going through like uh like a chase or something yeah, like that. Yeah, when you're trying to make like a mystery thriller. Like the the cool thing about Inception cuz we keep on bringing it back to Inception, which I think is an apt way of of bringing it back. It's that it's, it's a good case study here cuz it's what yeah. they're similar concepts. One does it really well, and the other mm-hmm. doesn't. So it's it's very well, good exercise to compare and contrast. I, I I say the reminiscent technology, like this idea that you can like access people's memories and know the truth by a visual interpretation by asking the right questions, is is really cool. Oh and no, it's it's, really it's the coolest part of the that. movie. But, but the movie it around essential. it is not yeah. well yeah. executed. You know, and that's and that's a thing where it differs from Inception where the technology and that the what it does to your environment it alters how events take place. When the hotel room is is spinning because they're tumbling in the car and everything, so it affects gravity and and the way dreams can affect the dreams within dreams and mm-hmm. the real world how it affects the dream world. Uh, was really well executed in Inception, where this doesn't really do anything. The only thing right. that it does is you could get brain damage, or you know, damage we'll go into that more later. How I see it is, I, I see it as the reminiscence technology here. This is the reminiscence technology, and here's all the action scenes and all the felt like the plot pull. Two different movies, and then in Inception, it's central to yes. the to the action. They now, they took their strongest part of their con- the, their movie, which was mm-hmm. the concept, and they built around this. This felt like it was a generic near noir thriller that needed to be punched up a little bit, so they added this technology into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the problem is, this. as an if it, if you strip it away and you just look at it as a near noir movie, it's not very good. No, no. I could see this as almost. Uh, having like an adventure element in it if you did and we'll talk about like how again we'll talk about all this in spoilers i guess but um in the in the world the reminiscence the the big old memory tube is a very mundane kind of item um and it gets kind of that's probably kind of why it gets cast by the wayside. If you if I was to rewrite the script, I would change it so that the memory tube was like a lost kind of technology. And he, Hugh Jackman's character or maybe would have Hugh Jackman's found it. character and you have to invent search it. through yeah. And like the the cool thing about like a memory thing is like the idea that like you could search through it and you can like go down a rabbit hole. And that that feels a lot more noir than like what he's doing. Like, I don't, it's kind of like taking an interview, you know, with people in the office. I feel like if you could, it might've been too much like Inception if you did it this way. But I feel like if you could implant 
if it, you did like a detective mode sort of thing, like right, from the Arkham games where you go through other people's memories and you go and you search in it, but there were some consequences to if you like cause mm. too much disruption, it could, you know, cause their memory to like destabilize and be a danger to you and them. Right. You did that's something a, like that. That's a very pop, easy to understand pop side thing that is also true is that when you access every time you remember something you're just accessing that memory and by accessing it you change the memory right every time you remember something you remember it a little bit differently yeah and they try Um, to touch on that a little bit in this movie but like a lot of the it seems like they weren't really interested in how the technology worked because any like explanation of it felt like very rushed like oh we gotta throw this in there otherwise the audience will have questions it's kind of like in Tenet, mm. where they're like, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> like, can't go above 30 volts. Why? Or can't go above 30 volts. Can't. We, we have to give you this this chemical to relax you. It, let, it opens up the neural pathways or whatever. so and it, obviously set up. It just, it just slaps you like, oh, God, they're going to pay that off later. Oh, why? Yep. yep. Oh, don't let him go in that state for too long. He'll get brain damage. Yeah. All right, so or you keep on going back into the same thing, and he'll uh, get stuck in that memory or whatever. Yeah, that was a weird, yeah. fucking subplot so, that they didn't really pay off too much. I wish they kind of did more of that, where they—that's kind of what I thought they were gonna go more towards. Was that he was like addicted to this, this memory, uh, this memory tube, mm-hmm. and which, he was addicted to the reminiscent, which they started to do, but then abandoned real quick. Once he just got like a splash of cold water in his face. They started to do a lot of things that they gave up on real quick. Yeah. I think this is, and I think this is a good time as any to transition into spoilers. Yeah, let me give me my, I'll give my executive summary for those who haven't seen it yet um, with my rating. And then you can decide if you want to see it. Then we'll get into spoilers. Uh, Reminiscence has a few original ideas, but fails spectacularly in its attempt to tie them together into a cohesive story. Shoddy writing, poorly acted, and recorded dialogue headline the laundry list of faults with this movie's presentation. It's a hard sell even for Jackson's most ardent fans. Reminiscence demonstrates that a creative premise isn't enough to hang your hat on in filmmaking. 3.9 out of 10. I see. Um, Yeah. Instead of watching this... I would say just go and watch the classic anime Big O because that's also a neo-noir film that also happens to revolve around uh, memories and the the malleability thereof. Um, And also, instead of 30 minutes to establish the character, uh, the main character in the setting, um, Big O takes about 30 seconds to do that. I would I would invite you all to watch the first minute of the first episode of Big O, and just just see it and like it's there. I wish I had more appreciation for the Big O when I was younger because this was on uh, Adult Swim all the time, and I would always I think I would always like check out or just change the channel when Big O would come on because I mm-hmm. it would always start like way in the middle and I was like I have no idea what's happening but. Okay, I mean, uh, yeah, th- this movie was okay. It was uh, it had some good aspects to it. It had some pretty bad aspects to it. Like I said, I, I like the world building. I like what they're trying to do. Uh, I think if they gave more of it, it might just change the movie. 
and it might not vibe with what they're trying to do. So I think regardless what they did, it was just SOL. Like it was set up from the beginning to be on a, a crash course for destruction because it was just like, okay, you're not you're not going to tie in the technology to the story that much. So it's really Inception does it better. I, I would say go rewatch Inception or see it for the first time. And, yeah, uh, have a good time. Watch that, watch Inception so. over this for sure. Yeah. All right, let's talk spoilers. Um, it's an interesting choice to make a movie based entirely on the Drell solipsism plotline from Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> it's just a lot of like questions about this technology that kind of were more interesting to my mind than the movie itself. Like, how many perverts do you think come in? And just use it, right? That's the, that's the obvious first question. They try to answer that, um, but I, but then that becomes a fucking setup. They can't. It's the same thing as with the Tomorrow War. They just like they can't help themselves. They need to bring everything back because they wasted all their uh, narrative budget on other shit. Why is there fancier rig? Why are the memories in third person? Yeah, I think he tries to explain it. He does, like, but it doesn't make any. Fu- it's a the sucky explanation, explanation. Doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, why is why is um, I want to I want why do I want to call him Hank Hill? Huge. <laughs> uh, Hugh Laurie. Oh, we have to reach your memories. Um, fuck! I just I I've lost his name. Can someone please give me the prompt? Can someone give me? Hugh Jackman. Oh, okay, I was gonna be like, "You're going on a journey." Oh, right, you're going a journey, journey through memory. Where to a place you've been a before? Place you've been before. To time being before. Yeah, it's the uh, Jack dude Bannister. with all the hair on his chest. You remember where he was, don't you? Wait, is that his name really? Hugh Jack Bannister. Yeah, Bannister, which is also a stupid name. Ban like oh, that that's like a that's like a paperback romance. I was about name. to My say, I thought his Bannister name was Nick. Rail. It's Nick Bannister. Oh, Nick. Why does... That's yeah, his that's last right. name. They call because, like, oh. yeah, they call him... That Nick is the only thing he's identified by in the whole movie that I can recall. Why is he credited on Google as just Bannister? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, you call people by their last name sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, it's just Bannister. I understand though. what the Google says. <laughs> but uh, Okay, Nick, yeah. Okay, IMDb's oh. got it right, but Google casting call is not... Not the best. Um, so, like, the the basic plot is that he meets a girl and, like, there's a thing with them. And she's got to suss out the story. But, it, and they try to make it like he's a desperate man, like, on his last legs. And he's, like, he's obsessed with this, with this woman and this mystery. And, like, he's kind of like a madman. But the way it's filmed, he looks like a total putz. Yeah. Like, he looks like a dumbass. He's like, he's just like running through the market, like, oh, fucking excuse me. Oh, shit. I gotta find this woman. Kind of sad, sacky. Yeah, he's just like, he's just like a lovesick puppy. He's just running after her. I do not empathize um, with him at all. And just the attempts I, yeah. that they had. Like, I felt that they, they tried to bite off too much and put it on. They, they had a little Spider Man 3 going. Because you had this post global warming world where. Miami's flooded. 
even though it's six feet above sea level and New Orleans isn't completely flooded, which is two feet below sea level, uh, that doesn't make any sense, but I'm not going to hold them to scientific accuracies like that. You have mm-hmm. the fucking slumlord subplot, the whole, the whole eat the rich thing, and you have this criminal investigation going on, and they try desperately to tie everything together in one story with the fucking, you know, love bit of it. And it's just, why? Why are you trying mm-hmm. to incorporate all these story elements into one thing? Like, I, I get it satisfying when that is done well in a movie, but they're just so desperate, you know? Like, they just don't yeah. gel together naturally. It's really forced. That seems to me it, like one of the things about noir is that it's about the loneliness and, like, the smallness of the story. Yeah, typically. You know? Like, so it Warner be... Brothers put out another neo-noir film this year, which was also not very good, but it was All the Little Things, mm-hmm. which is a very small story about a cop who did some shady things in his past, and he sees this other investigation pop up that he helps out with, and this other cop goes down the same paths that he goes down to. And uh, it wasn't very good, but it was a small story. Like three central characters, one case. Seven, same sort of deal. It's one killer, one case, three central characters. The killer, Brad Pitt, and Morgan Freeman. Uh, Zodiac, Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal's character. The, you know, the mythology of the Zodiac killer. Very small stories. Because that's what Noir started as. It's a detective Work in a case, and there's a dame, and she's dangerous, and I'm taking a bop from my bottle of brandy I keep in my desk because it's 1940, and we, we didn't care about drinking and driving back then. Yeah, yeah the, this story was so complicated. I'm trying to piece together it in my head so I can aptly describe it. Um, and I don't really know, because you have the whole drug side of it where so I, the drug is named Idiot, and uh, then yeah. you have the whole like monopoly landowner guy and they somehow connect and the the girl gets caught up the landowner's son needed to steal from nick's vault for something i don't remember the exact reason that he needed something from his vault i guess there was some evidence in someone's memory that about his bastard child or whatever. So he hires fucking uh, burned man to mm-hmm. recruit the, the girl to, to fucking honeypot Nick. But she actually falls in love with him, of course, because that's mm-hmm. how this movie is, is going to go. Um, and then she up and leaves because it's, it's dangerous and whatever. And the whole plot revolves around Nick trying to figure it all together. But the payoff doesn't really... You follow May, who's the girl. Like, it's all about Nick finding May and, like, what May's doing. What May's doing. Like, May should have been a bigger part of the payoff because that's the only thing the movie cared about until the very end where it's like, oh, it was the sun. (laughs) Totally. I'm the fucking house in the ocean. With the lady who gets one, two camera shots 
Francis. Francis. She's got the little um the the house that seems to just be built higher and taller than everybody else's house, and it's a safe haven. And, and the only person who knows where that is is May. Mm. It's and the only way out was to kill herself. Yeah, it's she like ODs I know what they were and throws for. herself out the window. It's, it's you so know, in like a Nick uh, um a Nolan movie where like at the end there's like this weird kind of like resolution where they're kind of like talk talking you down after the like the climax. And there's like, yeah. oh, we're going out to the place, the place that was the symbol throughout the movie. And we're finally there, you know, like it was like uh, the house in Inception, like um, uh, what's his face? His Cobb. his wife's house. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where he's finally like, th- he's there at the end. And that's like the and it, they were trying to do something like that, where it was like a resolution uh, symbology. Uh, but they flubbed it fucking hard. Much like they flubbed most of the story turns in this like i was not surprised or shocked it was hard for me to get invested in anything so when they did their reveals which they didn't really hint at well like it's it's a tight rope you have to walk right because you don't want to be too obvious but at the same time you need to have some amount of clues so the audience, when it happens, can be like, oh, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, if you think about this and this and this. A twist should be totally obvious once you know it, you know? Because you should be able to see the signs after you know what to look for. That's the marker right. of a good twist. Like, if you know what to look for in The Sixth Sense, it's obvious that Bruce Willis is dead. But And, it's, and they it's, really try and point it out because they're like, it's right in front of you. It's right. It was. It was in front of your face the whole time. Yeah. Don't you know? You know. Yeah. It's like. So I, I had to look up like a clear app description because there's a lot of there's a lot of moving. There's a lot parts of bullshit that distracts you from it. I don't think it in of itself is that complicated, but you have to wade through so much, just garbage, to get there. I don't. I don't know. I think it is actually kind of that complicated. Like it's. The uh, the land baron had an affair with Elsa, who also went. Elsa was also was one of the people who kept on going back to the memory people. I don't know the reminiscent to get yeah. that that memory of her having sex with the land baron. Yes. But they're not obvious at all. They they don't really give any clues. I don't think they to, don't show who the guy is. Uh, in the memory. No, they don't. They just say he's a white guy. It's Alec Baldwin. He has a pasty <laughs> like white that. ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back because he called her something special. Flower. Like he called her like a yeah, a little flower. I don't know if he ever says that when we see him next time. So maybe maybe that was like the, the key giveaway that uh, that showed you that Elsa was having an affair with the land bear. Okay, so that's why he needed he to rob Nick. Her up. Right, yeah. That's the die. And then, so Nick, when Nick went to New Orleans, that's when he found out that Elsa was actually murdered, um, and that May is kind of involved because she's like, "Oh, I saw that one chick run off with, uh, with the kid or something like that." Or I saw her, her talking to that uh, the burned guy, the federal agent or, or the mm-hmm. the corrupt agent or whatever. Copy he was. poo. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess he was the one who was contracted by the Baron's son to kill uh, Elsa and, and the kid, her child, because he would be another heir 
to the fortune, I guess, to the estate of the Baron. Or it would died. be like bad publicity if it got out, something like that. I, I think there's already enough bad publicity around I, him. That's, like that's they're, why they're it was. A, that's why it was a to, weak story. You know, like I think, like they're they're like the guy isn't liked. He mm-hmm. he was uh, he was also trying to be pinned for like burning down a bunch of his properties and killing a bunch of people involved with it, like. He, and then, then they tried to use the reminiscent technology to to extract that memory out of him, but he was not strong enough, not his, like, his well enough to His lawyer kind of wriggled him out of it, I think, was the yeah, thing Yeah, so it was like, okay. With that great DA character whatever. that everyone, I'm sure, loves. Yeah. She was like, oh, lawyers, the system. Yeah, I'm every fucking 80s police chief trope. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so then what happens to May, which is the love interest of Nick, is that she takes the kid and runs away for however long. I, she just, like, runs away, and, like, I guess for months she's gone? Yeah. Because as soon as she comes back, she gets caught by um, Booth. Yeah, that's what his name mm-hmm. was, Booth. Um, Booth was the federal agent guy and then it it is also kind of silly that like just so happens whenever she knocks on his door he's like going through his crisis and in the in the t- memory he's in the tank and and he's like no we're closed today or whatever right and uh and not not wanting to answer the door it's like come on it's yeah plot also, convenience ring doorbell anybody come on <laughs> Just grab or your just phone like and look call. at it. Yeah, yeah. Like they, you don't have phones in the future. <laughs> what, you guys don't have phones? Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, why not make a phone call? Does he not have a phone? Is he, does she not have a phone? Like, I, what, what's going on there? I didn't see any phones in this movie. Yeah. There was one phone, and that was Booth's phone that he took and then unlocked it because no passwords also, uh, and then made a call to the to the 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 son and then his phone went off he's like you should have got rid of your phone and then i'm like okay so this this whole investigation was based off the son the baron's son not throwing away his phone and also booth not having a burner too like if they both had a like that would not have connected the two like, what other evidence was there connecting the two? They shouldn't have done... Yeah, the tech of this movie shouldn't have been the reminiscence booth. Like, it should have been a phone. Because apparently phone, those yeah. are the rarest shit in the land. Even the land baron's like, I don't want to throw one of those away. I can call people. I can call you well, from here. <laughs> what would have been perfect is that if they put... If they put the fucking uh, baron's son in the reminiscent tube... And in like interrogated him, he would have been like they would have caught him red-handed, having the memory of talking to the guy to set up the the kill. Which why didn't they show us that? Which, can we show talk us about the, the moral implications of using a technology like the reminiscence in criminal investigations? Like, there's that's a dystopian future if like a law that allows that gets passed because that is oh yeah fucking. That's some minority report shit. Yeah, that's like definitely a violation of your Fifth Amendment rights. <laughs> yep. I mean, the yeah. one where they fucking like that was a that was kind of a cool scene, at least setting up a good setup to a scene where they reminisce the dead guy. I and think it was he was like dying. Infi- oh, yeah. The, 
He was like brain. He was like he was, he di- was like he was paralyzed. dying out. Yeah, he was like yeah. almost yeah. Yeah. dead. So they dead. had to get a guy in quick. He was mostly like, dead. <laughs> yes, mostly dead. Um, so it was. It's kind of like it was, that would have been like the crime scene investigation. You know, that's a that's a cool way to do it. Um, and then they did the scene, and it was like, oh, okay. Um, so I told. I just remember this. Um, so this is act. This movie is actually also loosely based on a uh, a Black Mirror episode, which I think did it better in. I half the I time. Would I would hope that it did it better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the big, I think the big twist. Spoiler for the Black Mirror episode. The big twist. Wait, which, which episode was? Do you remember? Uh, I, oh, I do you remember that. the premise? Was it uh, White Bear? Yeah, yeah this. was it? <laughs> yeah, it was this. They could access people's memories and like visually reference them, but all it took was like a laptop and like some headgear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's something you were like, uh, it was something that like it was basically a part of like an interrogation, Black Mirror memory episode or something like that. Yeah, Black Mirror did a lot of. Black Mirror was so much better than this at any of its concepts. There was, of course, there was the one where you could save and replay your um, your own memories to yourself. And that's what this is. You know, that's a part of this. And they did that a lot better because they had like, you know, for example, you know, the big one was two was a couple who fell out of love and they're having sex while they're visualizing themselves as a younger, more in love couple. So you see them both like zonked out, um, watching replays of their old lives while they fuck each other like dead it, salmon. So it was the episode called Crocodile, um, and the premise revolves like around a tears? device which allows users uh, what? like the tears. Did like, he fake his well, memory? Like crocodile, like crocodile tears. When oh, someone who's crying. fake crying, yeah. No, I think I think I had a thing on that. Okay. Um, the premise revolves around a device that allows users to access people's memories, and uh, while this one person commits a spree of murders to stop an incident in her past from threatening her successful life, it culminates in the murder of an insurance worker. Um, so I think it like it like steamrolls out of control and like the the twists at the end so spoilers for black mirror that came out like four or five years ago uh they were able to access the memories of a guinea pig and that that witnessed the entire events and then they were able to pin it on on the person (laughs) which better twist than this one yeah which mm-hmm. i guess the twist was, really was that she's not bad yeah like like may may actually did love nick and was the person who tried to come back for him um but she was taken away by booth and then mm-hmm. she committed sudoku cliff curtis who plays booth uh is lined up to play tonwari in Four Avatar movies. Avatars two through five. Um, apparently, both Avatar two and three are in post production right now, and yeah. four and five are currently yeah. filming. You know, I just it. realized. Holy shit! They are. <laughs> they got a punch card for this. Oh, <laughs> that studio. <laughs> Avatar five apparently filming now, set to release in twenty twenty eight. Uh, fill it all out yeah um i i thinking back on this 
uh, because this is also a Warner production, I'm fairly certain that they really wanted to have like a Hugh Jackman tap dance number. I'm surprised they didn't use more music. Like the one right? pop song I remember was Tainted Love, which was a interesting that choice was so for that weird. scene. Yeah. And then like cut it like, off 20 seconds later. It's like, I guess with, they only pay for 20 seconds of it. <laughs> yep. With the cheap ass slow down. Yeah. Uh, which that whole scene like didn't really fit. A lot of the action scenes just didn't fit in the movie. Yeah. Tonally, um, because uh, part of it was again, you make uh, the choices with Hugh Jackman's character where he doesn't shoot people and he's like a pacifist, which can work. You can do that. Like I've seen a lot of movies where like the the hero is a pacifist who has to use his wits and his courage to uh, find another solution to the situation. You know, um, but this one he just like. I don't know. He just gets his ass beat a bunch. And also, the the one thing I, I... So when we were texting, I was saying, oh, he's the guy who doesn't kill anybody, but in the end, he's going to have to make a difficult choice to kill somebody. I, did, I missed it a little bit, but I think what we got was something almost worse than yeah, killing somebody. Yeah, he straight somebody. up tortures the dude. I thought he was going to kill somebody. He does. he, like, stuck them in the most painful memory of their life. Yeah, and literally broke the law. I'm pretty sure he, he he's like that that kills him because it will fry his brain or whatever. Yeah, committed um, super murder. Yeah, it. I won't shoot anyone. I was also I'll just. I was also under the uh, memory the, hole. The understanding that this was just gonna like make him like a vegetable in that memory of like over like replaying. That yeah, memory. until he has like a heart attack and dies, probably. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, there's there's no there's does, no way I mean, he's living I, I, I after that. that I'm pretty sure. Like the way they explained it, like we don't go over this much voltage because he turned up the voltage, he put him in that memory. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, death will be an end to that man's life, mm-hmm. um, which was like really out of character for him. It was just like kind of you really throw it in at the end of there because it's like it's like okay, well you let your emotions get the better of you because. Why are you mad at him when she killed herself? Like, I it's that's a whole lot of mess. And then up. he just gets to live in fantasy land forever. And yeah, ever. that's his fucking prison sentence. Yeah. He just gets to live in the the time where they were together for the rest of his life. <laughs> Which that's, great. that's a hell that's a hell of a, a plea deal. Here, here's the you re- remember when we mentioned Orphis and Eurydice once. And we're gonna mention it again at the end of the movie. That doesn't. That does not make a through line. I tell you what, kids. <laughs> was he permanently stuck in that state, or was he hopping in and out of it? To I think I think like, he was take snack breaks and pee breaks. Would, that they don't explain that. Like they don't explain if he mm-hmm. if he can sustain himself in the amniotic fluid. That <laughs> they just jump ahead twenty or. So years or whatever. I mean, it looked like he was under like a house arrest situation. So I, I would assume mm-hmm. he would be able to come out of there. But, you know, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I want, like, again, this on paper, this movie sounds awesome. It sounds like a movie I would love. But the reality of it is that it is a 
Inception that makes all the mistakes Inception could have made but didn't. And uh, it, it will serve, I'm sure. It will I'm pay sure, the price. I'm sure that there will be several classes in film theory taught that use these two movies as examples of of doofus and do-right. Um, mm-hmm. Much the same doofus way we've referenced today. And ironically, this movie will become nothing more than a memory. I'm not going to fucking remember <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Giving it too much credit, Peter. That's true. I just wanted to say the cheesy uh, newspaper reviewer line. Game theory. Reminisce is not something I'm going to look back on. Yeah, it's an IMD user review. Title. (laughs) No, an IMDb user review would be, Hugh Jackman's a dumbass. Woke agenda, woman taking drugs, having property. He was shirtless, yes, but also he was a stupid character. And what was with the tech? It looked like a curtain, but it was like a machine. (laughs) There's one of them. There it is. Reminiscing the days when studios released good movies. Ha ha ha. Although, honestly, if you go back and look at movies every year, it's been the same. Like, maybe 15 Mm -hmm. good movies come out every year for all of time um so shut up yeah so that's that's gonna wrap it up here i think for episode 279 of the sound studs podcast check out streams saturdays 8 p.m eastern standard time uh we're doing some kingdom hearts again because once again jake's skipping town on us also sunday at uh, 8 p.m. If you are a, or maybe it's 7, 7 or 8, I don't know. We'll, we'll get the time for that straightened. It's an all-out watch-along. Peter and I are doing an all-out watch-along. Uh, so if you are of the wrestling variety and you're excited to see CM Punk's first match in seven years, uh, join us for our watch-along. We'll be doing our trademark Taste of Defeat Challenge. I will uh, have a non-alcoholic sipper this time uh, so as to avoid being... Like nine or ten deep at that point in the night. Yeah. Um, I'll also try to have better picks. If I had, we should get Jake on. We should my, just get Jake on so we could pile it all on him. If my picks were better, <laughs> um, I think I would have been okay for that. Yes. But yep. I I lost a lot, <laughs> and those matches <laughs> weren't very long. Oh, um, man. But yeah, that's that will be a thing that happens. Sunday, and maybe we'll stream Monday. Who knows? Uh, it's Labor Day. I don't have work. I might be bored. But we'll see how that all goes. Uh, but until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Check out soundstuds.com for all our shit. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye.